on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I've heard our logo looks awesome all the time. I freaking hate yellow. I hate gold. I am not a yeah. gold guy. I'm a silver guy. At the same time, I get it. It makes sense. It could be purple shield services. Do our clients respond to it? Or right. Not? Take the ego out of what you're trying to do. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I got a, an incredible animal duo here for you today. I've got, a, I've got another a fellow strong beast, Derek Bear, CFO and co-founder here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man, we, I, we just realized this right before we hit the record button. We got a bear and a wolf right here. Some powerful beasts right there. They run the, they run the wilderness, don't they? They do. And coming from a, uh, an experienced at this point, elk hunter, you do not want to run up against either one of these, although I have multiple times. Yep. My whole family is there. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, it's funny when certain areas where my dad and I were go hunting, we have this joke about there's no wolves in these woods except for these. Obviously, referring to ourselves, but bear—that's a little different. We'll hunt in some grizzly area. Woo! You do not want to mess with a grizzly, that's for sure. Right behind me, and the people that are watching video feed on this as well, and you can see there's a couple targets back there. There's reasons for that because I'm an avid gun enthusiast and very big Second Amendment lover. Uh, yeah. But I just hit a 300-yard double bullseye a couple of weeks ago. 300 yards with 308, and my goal is a thousand yards. Okay. Uh, work hard, play hard. You know how it works. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I see, I'm, I love, I love hunting with a gun, but I'll tell you, there's nothing quite like being rather than 300 yards or a thousand yards being 20 yards. And all you got is a bow and arrow and your knees are shaking. Like that dude just blew his whistle at me. Holy geez. That's a thousand pound animal. He didn't even know I'm here. This is incredible. So cool. It's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Yes. And I love bow hunting, but I'm trying to accurate shoot right now, but no bow is there's if you're a true hunter, you got to understand and appreciate nature and give back and do it the right way. And a scope and a rifle is not the right way unless you're hunting <laughs> for food. If you're doing it for pleasure, make sure you make it really enjoyable from start to finish. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And not that this needs to be about hunting at all, but you're right <laughs> that in the gun world, it's how accurate can I be from a far away? Yep. And on the bow side, it's I want to experience the wilderness without them knowing that I'm here. Exactly. Which is very difficult. So Derek, tell us what kind of business that you have, man. I'm excited to get to it. Yeah, no problem at all. The Gold Shield Services are a company name. It's me and my partner, Art. Art actually started the company 14 years ago as Arts Electric and then gained HVAC and then hired a couple guys and turned it into the small little, dinky little mom and pop shop kind of thing. And then I came in and we'll talk more about that later, but we're heating, cooling, electric, and now offering plumbing as well. So we've grown this year also. Yeah, you've you've hinted at it there for a second, and we're definitely going to get more to it. But 
you're a systems master. You're a business producer, a mindset guru. We were just talking about your podcast, actually, and some of the ways that you've been able to help them grow, which I'm sure you'll drop on us here in a little bit. But before we get to some of the nitty gritty, I want the question of why, but specifically at this point, you guys are crushing. Money's not an issue and you're still after it. Oh yeah. Why? Can't stop. I'm never satisfied, number one. At the same time, there's a bigger goal in place here. And my bigger goal is to take down the biggest company in Illinois, like Green Giant, what I call them, and that company that's listening in right now. If you are, you know who you are. Because you forgot to came to my house four years ago. And, <laughs> right. and he ain't forgotten. Because of that. And because you did not honor what you said you were going to do. And you did not deliver on a promise that was made to me. And your managers didn't say your VPs didn't. And I went up the ladder as far as I could to make sure that it wasn't me and it was you and it's you. And guess what? Yeah. I'm coming for you. And I'm coming. That for that you. vengeance is incredible that you can feel the passion. Guy just wanted his, uh, wanted his HVAC work, worked on. Why didn't you come? Just All you had to do was come. It was a water heater, dude. I had a water heater blow up in my house when my wife was at home and she called me panicking. And I told her to shut the main valve off, which was fine and stuff. I'm a handy guy. I can work on anything. I'm an ex-mechanic, so I'm a mechanical thinker. Sure. At the same time, I've never replaced a water heater because I never had to. And you just says an overwhelming fear of, hey, I just need to call somebody. So I did the whole Google thing. I went through and looked at it. So this company has 4,000. How, how could they be bad? How do you get 4,000 reviews and not be bad? I made an appointment and I called a backup just in case a couple hours after that appointment. They never showed up. And I called them for three days after that because I was leaving on vacation the next day and I was pissed. And luckily I had my backup. I got my water heater fixed and put in and everything. But man, the level of disrespect that I got from that big company, especially when I brought up a concern, a legitimate concern, because I was ready to buy that. I just yeah. didn't understand it. And I don't understand why 4,000 other people think it's five-star worthy when they can't even get a simple appointment. And I'm a seek to understand guy. It's my favorite term. You're going to hear that a lot from me today. I like to listen to both sides of the story. I like to figure out if it's me, if it's a story in my head, and if that story is true, how do we move past, teach, train, and learn, coach, teach, and train to push that forward? Or is it a process? Is it a process that's broken? And this was clearly a process that was broken. So really bad. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell you're a process guy, and I'm curious to to hear some of it, but tell us how, was that conversation then led you to your buddy Art? You're like, dude, I got to take him down. Like, how did you get started with this whole thing? <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it's funny because I I was retired at the time and, and I really wanted to dig my teeth into something that was different and had been looking for something to find something because I always push myself personally in different areas. If I don't know how to do something, I'm going to learn and figure out how to make that happen. And at the end of the day, I found Art's company because he had a good amount of five-star reviews. You could tell he was small. The marketing was really light it was you could see the progression of change and experience and colors of the trucks and design and the name of the company changed it's not so personable arts electric or anc mechanical it was right. field services and i'm like okay so he's making some good moves here and i actually applied for a technician just to learn the technician side of things and he sat down and he goes i can't have you as a technician i need you as an office manager and i said okay he goes we're looking for partnership too and i said okay hang on a second I need to do, we, we're talking about partnership. Now we're talking money and I love money. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to dive into anything without really knowing everything about the business. And it's funny because we spent, I told him I give him a year at a very discounted rate because that was my commitment to him is like, Hey, I'll give you a year discounted for what my normal stuff would be. Because one, I care about it too. It's a year's worth of my time to really dig in and I can pull out at any time and be done. If it doesn't feel right. And a year later we fired half the staff. 90% of staff. We got down to about two people and uh, art. 
And I said, all right, it's rebuild time. The accountant was stealing money. I, I caught that the first week. And uh, the technicians, I walked in. And the first thing the guy says to me, I'll never forget this guy. Walks in and goes, I don't like you. And I said, okay, can you help me understand why you don't like me? You don't know anything technical. I said, okay, but I know money. Uh, and you want more money in your pocket, right? For you and your family, buy new things, cool stuff. Yeah, but you don't understand what I do. I said, that's just a learning point for me. Do you understand how money works? He goes, I'm divorced and I lost my house. And I said, okay. So I mean, how much money do you have in your bank right now? He goes, well, it's none of your business. Okay. That's all the answer I need to know. Number one. Number two, you're either going to fall in love with me and we're going to be best friends or you ain't going to work for me. He ain't working for us. <laughs> uh -huh. We hired a bunch of staff and changed in different things. And progression-wise, we moved up into a bigger location and more techs. And now we're 25 strong. And it's been a, it's been a journey. And there's a lot involved in it. And uh, I know your listeners are out there are looking for that one thing, right? So that one thing that makes everything start to flow. Right. It's your processes. It's your systems and processes. And it's you. If you don't have the mindset to keep pushing forward all the time, and whether you have partners or not, because Art and I are always on the same point with that. We push no matter what. We never take a step back. If it's a step back, we're taking four steps forward. So it's that wolf mentality. It's that bear mentality. Like you just got to keep driving. If a pack has a problem, that person goes to the back of the pack. You have a new leader and keep moving forward. And those roles switch all the time. But at the end of the day, you either help each other or get the fuck out. I don't know if I want to swear. A hundred percent. I think that what everything that you just described, without you saying it's the difference between the successful or the elite or the one percent and the rest, that's it. That's exactly it. And we can use the bear and wolf predator analogy. And it doesn't have to be that in, in human form that we're predators, because okay. I don't believe by you being successful that you take away from mine. Absolutely. But there has to be a mentality of what you're talking about of I'm willing to push. And that's the difference between a predator and a non-predator in the animal world is that they're going to survive no matter what. If that means they got to take you out, that's what they're going to do. And that's what survival is. And again, I carefully equate those because what we're not talking about is damaging other people. What we're talking about is actually helping people, not only your client and experience, which you're amazing at, but then on the inside, like what you were talking about with that guy, hey, I know money, tech, why don't we work together? Because I can get you more money, you can get me more tech, fantastic. Sure. But if we can't see it like that, then guess what? I got to make moves and that doesn't include you. Yeah, I mean, you're, the hidden secret to everything is people. And, and people have a hard time understanding that. Business owners have a hard time understanding that. And I talk about it all the time. If you don't know what you're doing in a category, it's okay. I don't know everything. I have people that I've surrounded myself with that help me in my weak points. And it's very hard for me to admit my weak points, but at the same time, I know what they are. They know that they are covering a weak point of what I am and they're compensated appropriately for that weak point. But at the yeah. same time, if you do not focus on people, you will not have a company. It will not move forward. It will not push because you can't do everything yourself. Yeah. It's impossible. Try to manage 25 people. And I'll, I'll use a really simple analogy. I want you to pick up the phone and call 25 of your friends out of the blue that you have not talked to in right. the past week. Tell me how eight hours feels in a day. It's not going to happen. You spend 10 minutes on the phone going, hey, how's it going? What's up? How's your day? How's your weekend? How's your family? Great. Okay, cool. What I'm calling you for is I'm just supposed to make these calls. You're 25 minutes into a phone call, 25 minutes times 25 people. 
dude, your eight hours is gone. You have yeah. done nothing but make phone calls and you haven't made an impact. And maybe you engaged people, your associate engagement level might go up one tick, but does sure. that associate engagement make you as productive as you can be at the level that you should be at? Right. Really what you should be thinking at. So every day that we wake up, are you putting yourself forward enough to really make sure that you're paying attention to what you're doing every day to better your company, better your clients, better your team, and better your family? Because yeah. all of that really means the most when it comes to business. It's a symphony. It's a big orchestra all the time. And if it's you got one untuned band player, Somebody's going to pay attention to that. Somebody's going to get distracted. Somebody's going to stop playing their side of stuff. And next thing you know, you just sound like crap. That's right. failure. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting on all cylinders. And and if the listener is smart today, they are playing this on not one and a half speed. <laughs> They're slowing this sucker down and taking some notes. I want to know just real quick before we move on to more, some more tactical decision stuff. Sure. Where did this come from for you? you? Did you just wake up one day and think I'm a business master and it just came to you? Did you read some books? Did you have a dad that's a multi-billionaire? Like, how did this happen? There's a small little pill. There's a movie about it with Bradley Cooper in it. That's Limitless. It yeah, Limitless, exactly. Let's I just go. Took, I just Where, you found more? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't, I, I have hidden statues everywhere. No, I came up in a mediocre family, I should say. We didn't live poor. We lived paycheck to paycheck. We had a newer car in the driveway. I had a new bike every year for Christmas. I wouldn't put us in the poor category. I would not put us in the in the lucrative or rich or could spend money frugally on there. And my story is interesting because my mom is our spender in her family. She loves to spend money. She's really terrible at spending it. Sorry, mom, I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. My dad is more conservative and more a money saver, but he's the complete opposite. And he doesn't spend money at all, zero. Right. And he actually worked his way up in a company all the way to a CEO position. And he was a CEO of a major industrial piping company called Hancor. And he was incredible at what he did. He was really my inspiration for the business side of things because I always focused on what it was. He's my go-to still to this day. I call him when I'm stuck, when I've ran out of every option, when I've gone through all of the training that I could possibly think of in my own head, I really deprocess and break things down. So I'll call him and my conversations with him are funny because I'm like, all right, here's what I got. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done as a backup. I redirected, I moved, I shifted and I'm stuck and nothing's working and I can't get this freaking number to move. When I throw anything, I can throw a hundred thousand dollars and it still won't move. I don't know why it won't move and he'll yeah. break it down for me. And my dad never gave me the answer ever. Still to this day, he won't. He forces me and he knows that's how my brain works. He forces me to figure it out. And he almost leaves me off the edge and just says, Hey, there's a tree branch there. And now you're hanging off the lip and the ledge. There's another one there. You got to find out where it is. You might have to move a couple rocks to find that tree branch to pull yourself up. Well, you're going to pull yourself up. I'm not, I don't care. It's not my, your life, not my life. My dad is very well off now, but I've never accepted money from him. I never needed to because he's taught me how to create my own wealth and not just wealth of money, but wealth of knowledge. And that's to me, it's. There's no value to wealth of knowledge because you can make anything with that. Yeah, 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 it's so true. What an incredible blessing that you have, that you've had that sounding board. And I think as you, maybe you can speak to this a little bit as well, but whether it's the dad in the story or whether it's mom or <clears throat> an uncle, a quote unquote rich dad, friend's dad, a who, a whoever, yeah. another business owner. We do it obviously with Gathering the Kings. It's like, you got to have people around you that are big thinkers and that you can have just some bounce off. It doesn't have to be every little 
you know, what I in the edible ranges world called pineapple problems. That's not what you bring to dad. It's not what you bring to the board. Um, but you do bring the things that, that you've really tried to process and being able to have that place where you can do that really does enable you to go to the next level. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I have many mentors in my life. My father's just one of them. I have my first retail boss that I ever met. His name is Brian. He's a great guy and taught me all about fashion, taught me how to talk to people. I had a, another guy, Adam, who is a regional director and a vice president of a company that taught me a lot about the higher level management styles and multi-level management because I have a big retail career. So I worked in retail as a district manager. I oversaw 21 stores in Chicago. I won't name the company because it was absolutely a horrid company and I would never uh, want to work for them or talk about them again in my life. But I also learned the bad ways not to micromanage and how to work at 18 hour day and still function in some way, shape or form, which was horrendous too. I take different people's. It's funny because it's not just higher level people. And that's what's so different for me as I teach my managers and our team, stop putting a title to it. Yeah. Love okay. That. Just because I have this title, CFO or CEO or owner or whatever, I listen to my dispatcher. I listen to our customers. I listen to our bookkeepers, our HVAC guys, our technicians, just as much as I would anybody else. Because let me tell you something, they might not know it. You inspire me every day to do what I do and inspire me to come up with new ideas. If I don't have conversations with you, my own brain, my own ego, I like to say, is going to yeah. take over and I'm going to think that I'm better than everyone. And I'm not a regular dude. I drive a regular car. I don't, I live in a regular house. I don't have this extravagant jet that pulls up and drops me off in a rain carpet and stuff like that, man. Like at the end of the day, I could be a billionaire and still not have that way. I might drive a nice car at that point. What would the car be? I'm not a car guy at all, but what would the car be? Uh, for me, it's a uh, Carrera. All right. So I'm a huge Porsche man. So uh, it would be a, a Carrera uh, 318 Spider. So there you uh, go. it's my dream power. I've driven a Carrera GT before, which is my favorite. The Spider is just the better version of the newer updated one. Let's um, go. And I, and I have Let's a lot go. Of stuff, so I'm a huge Tesla fan. When the Model 3 comes out with a Plaid, I'll be buying that. I have the Model 3 dual motor performance right now. And I freaking love the car. It's so fast. I'm a huge car yeah. guy. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not at all. So no I really drive a regular car. I got an F-150. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's all right. F-150. Yeah, they're up there too, man. They're still nice. Good, comfortable ride. So it's all good. Well, I'm 6'5". Nice. That's about as, about as small as it's going to get for me unless I force myself into a Corvette or a Lamborghini yes. or something. I don't know. I'm um, 6'3", so I feel you, dude. And I'm uh, yeah. tall. So I hate small cars, but I love small cars. So I'm the same. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Okay. So the energy here around team building, communication, mindset, like you're dropping just so much. Let's parlay that into decision-making. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, 
I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. Okay, I want to know, especially early on, like right now you're 25, you know, text in, you've got three different servicing area, like just this wide span. I want to go back to year one, two, sure. preferably before a million in sales, if you can go to that place. And I want you to think of a good decision that you made that you can share with the listeners. Yeah, good decision that I made. I'm going to go back to people on that, dude. I hired the right person to be able to manage a process that was needed to be managed. I'm going to say our bookkeeper, her name's Magda. She's my right-hand woman. She deals with everything. We spend an immense amount of time at work together uh, trying to get through and punish through. And I knew from early on when I interviewed her that she is the person that I need around me at all times. She's the organized one. She's the one that will remind you and stay on top of you and knows your personality and knows me. Because me, I'm a go-go. But sometimes I've got to pull those reins back. And my wife does it at home. So I have a work partner with that. Yeah, call her work wife. Yeah, yep. yep. Home. And it, that those two people have to interchange together all the time because to have success, you have to pay attention to what you're doing, the process of what things go. Yep. So early on, decision making is where do you spend money because that's the most crucial part of everything. I'm going to tell everyone, and they're going to get scared, but I don't care. Marketing, that's the decision. If you do not market your business, you do not brand your business and brand the hell out of it. Every minute you talk about it, everything you do is on it. Everything goes back. And this is where it falls into what we did process-wise. So it's called omni-channel marketing. So every single thing that I market has a button or a click to be able to literally book an appointment with us digitally, emailed, text, or phone call. So yeah. right away, the building blocks of how we started the company with that is that I need to be able to communicate to clients on every single platform that they possibly can communicate to. Yeah. hundred percent. Such a big topic. What would you say? I'm just in the marketing space. Obviously if someone's going to grow to seven figures, they've got to figure out how to acquire new customers. Yes. It just is what it is. Like you can't, <laughs> the numbers just simply don't add up if you don't, what would be like your go-to like right away? Like the number one thing, it's a $500,000 guy listening right now. And he's marketing wise. What's the one thing that you tell him to go do right now? Oh, so, so, social media, Facebook. And I'll talk a little bit about a little story. So I hated Facebook when I first started. And I thought Facebook was going to be the ultimate change to business because I'm like, man, this is going to be easy. It's free marketing. All I have to do is just throw a bunch of little bit of money, $50 here, $50 there to be able to get content. And it failed. Failed miserably to the point where I said, Facebook's not for us. It's not going to work out. It's not going to be good. I'm going to come back and swing back to there. And I'll talk about why Facebook is so powerful for us now and what we've done to change that and how we did it and how okay. we didn't even pay any money for it, which is the best part about it as well. And it's exactly what you're doing here on the King's podcast is networking and marketing with other small businesses. So in my opinion, I would partner with your local chambers and your chambers have networking groups to be able to link local businesses together. Networking's free. Me and you talking in a room doesn't cost anybody but time. And that time is invaluable when it comes down to being able to gain your business further, get your name out there. It's a sense of branding that's right. free. I keep saying free guys. This is a free marketing tool the chamber costs nothing to join, depending on the area that you're in, but 90% of them are less than $300 a year. And all they're designed to do is link people together. That's it. And yep. as you link people together, you start to grow and you start to build and people use you and they see that you're good. 
you're going to see a change in that right away. And it's an immediate change because you're going out and finding business is what you're doing. Yep. I love it. <clears throat> I love how you use the power of social media to just enhance the networking because it's not necessarily social media from an ads perspective, although I know you run ads. Sure. Uh, it's not a necessarily from an organic content posting perspective, although I'm sure you do that. I'm sure we've both gotten plenty of customers from both paid and organic content. What you just said as far as the relationship building, because someone will give you a chance. And when you get the chance and then you deliver, then you get more chances. Exactly. Um, and it compounds quickly at that point. As long as when you're given the chance, you don't do what the big company did to my boy four years ago. Don't, don't do it wrong because that's your chance. And the hardest part about that is as what I've noticed in our growth and what I have to keep telling myself every day is I want to keep the small feeling of knowing every person, talking to clients and being okay. That's where it becomes hard. And I get where the big guys are. The big company out here is a hundred and I think it's a hundred and eighty million dollar company. They spend a million dollars a month in, in marketing alone. There's some serious cost stuff that goes in there that you can't ignore. But when you're on a big company like that, it's really difficult to know everyone as an owner, as an operator. And when you're doing that kind of stuff, I can't be that person. I don't want to be that person. I want some people's names and do that kind of stuff. And if that's all I got to do all day long is walk around and say hello to people and talk to them for 10 minutes, that's fine by me. You know what I mean? I can spend time doing other stuff as well. But at the same time, when you have these big companies and you lose that personalization in the tech world and your managers should really know that. And when you have multi-level managers, you lose that even more because what you say goes to the next person. They have their own agenda, their own ambitions to be better or to get a promotion. And they so change that. And it becomes a game of telephone and you lose it. And I see it every day with yeah. different things. And you have to catch it. And you got a meeting about it and you got to fix it yeah. immediately because it's like a cesspool. It will just overflow and be terrible. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's yeah. Look, that's it's so good. The hyper awareness. Let me say it like that: that you have not only just to processes, but to people, is obviously part of your key success. I want the listener to pay attention to that. It's not always just necessarily hiring a team. I think that's step one. Like you got to be willing to give things away. But when you have the team, or eventually, then even key roles in the team, it's really it's you paying attention to people, to their needs. And I think that again, it just goes back to your love for experience or client experience. It's the same thing with the people that work for you. And I can tell that you feel that same way, not only just from an excellence perspective of making sure that they have what they need, but also that they're providing an environment for those that are around them so that the business can be excellent and succeed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's flip the coin. Talk to me uh, about a bad decision made early on that you can look back, tell us a funny story. $67,000 I lost. That's what I'm going to throw out there. And it's a hard, it's a hard number. It's a hard number. It yeah. is a tough pill to swallow. Print marketing. $67,000 I spent in print marketing in a six-month stint, so $10,000 a month printed out, emailed to over, I think it was 5,000 clients a month, extremely hyper-targeted. And what I mean by that is we had avatars, credit scores, how many kids there were, we knew wow. what area, means average income, mains average income. Our avatar was so dialed in. And I had a CEO of a print marketing company send a phone with me and tell me, I promise you this is going to work. And I said, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to commit to six months to you at $67,000 and I'm going to let you do your thing, your expertise. And I let him go. 
and I spent $67,000 and I got $3,500 in return. Yeah, it's okay. And I stopped print marketing for over a year and a half because I was that butthurt about it because it was a lot of money and I can't recruit it. That's you right. wake up in the morning and I've told myself for the past year and a half, like that stop telling yourself that's, you're just being selfish. You're hurt. You hired the wrong company. You right. didn't pay attention to the signs and yep. I know how to do it better. So guess what? We're print marketing again. And it pains me inside and we're having much better return on investment. I'm not investing as much money into it because again, I'm scared sure. to do that. At the same time, I failed miserably and it freaking hurt bad and it didn't feel good. And at the end of the day, we were able to learn something. And what we learned is that I don't sign contracts with, with marketing companies at all. Because at the end of the day, you can't guarantee anything in marketing. You can't guarantee business. You can't guarantee a win. What you can do is try. And if you continue to try, some are going to work, some aren't going to work. And you have to be accepting of that failure. Learn from it. Track it. Find out why it failed. Talk to your clients. Talk to your team. Talk to your wives. Your I, I take input about my marketing strategies from the freaking mailman. I don't care. You know how many yeah. times a mailman hands out mail? The mailman actually knows a lot about marketing that people don't realize because he sees people's homes all the time. And when you That's see right. homes all the time, you're able to learn about the customers around you and whatnot. Which yeah. Is so it's knowledge not only of who you're marketing to, but who's doing the marketing. Yes. And <clears throat> probably even deeper than that, what I heard you say, because I've had the same experience. I've spent, I don't even know how many dollars, thousands, tens of thousands that I've spent and have no no understanding of what the return was, if any at all. So I feel you on that, but neither one of us, here we both are, just five minutes ago, you're like, bro, you got to go market. And I would have told the person listening to me on a show that, hey, look, customer acquisition. If you don't, if you don't figure out how to repeatedly get a new customer, you have no business, my friend. And so what would you say from an angle of, okay, there's persistence, you got to figure it out, some work, some don't. Is there a rule that you're making this decision by now? Is it a 90-day trial? Is it a Let's test it out. What are we? I'm looking for certain results. What are you thinking? So different marketing has different ways that you need to pay attention to. So SEO, it takes about a year before your SEO really takes off. So your website and all that kind of stuff. Facebook should be an immediate response and Facebook should see increase in that. You should see increase in traffic to your website and all that kind of stuff as well. Print marketing is going to be probably six months before you start saying, hey, this is probably not the best idea in the world. When it comes to direct marketing, your trucks, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this hard. Keep it simple, folks. Nobody cares about the colors and the designs and all the other. I saw a restoration company the other day it had water, smoke, fire, mold, a whole bunch of other stuff. This crazy design with their logo like embedded inside of it. And if I look at it as a piece of artwork, yeah, it looks great. But if I look at it as a client, I go, I don't, I can't focus on your phone number. So now I've lost myself in your truck. I'm trying to figure out what the heck you do. It's a cool design, but now I can't call you in that three seconds of that truck passing me in the highway. And I go, Hey, that was a cool truck. I wonder what company that was. I'm not going to remember you. Yeah. Simple logo, easy words, easy phone numbers. Those are things that stick and go from it, from a standpoint of being able to make it easy. The whole point is to connect you to a client simply. So yeah. everything's different. If you have people calling you about your truck saying, hey, I love your logo, I keep your logo. For a customer to tell you that over the phone, you're not going to hear that very often. Nobody calls people and says, hey, your logo is really cool. I've heard yeah. our logo looks awesome all the time. I freaking hate yellow. I hate gold. I am not a yeah. gold guy. 
I'm a silver guy. At the same time, I get it. It makes sense. It could be purple shield services. Do our clients respond to it? Right. Take the ego out of what you're trying to do. The Arts Electric, the Bing's or David's HVAC. Stop personalizing it. You're putting a restriction on yourself. Because if you have an electrician that comes to you and says, hey, guys, I want to join your company. Now it's going to be Dave's HVAC and electrical. And what are you going to do? HVAC, electrical, plumbing, roofing, siding, gutters, doors, bathroom models. Like what? That sounds terrible. Right. Like make it generic enough to be remembered, but not generic enough not to be remembered. That's my yeah. tidbit there. I, lo- I love it. I love it. I'm going to transition here to the speed round, come at you in a little different angle. Okay. I'm super curious to hear your answer on this one. Okay. I want you to dwindle the entire business down to one trackable metric. Oh, what would simple. be the one thing? <laughs> Average dollar ticket. Okay. And why that for you? I understand, but why is that? Your average dollar ticket says everything. It can tell you about your business because your average dollar ticket can tell you if you have 3,000 clients at an average ticket price of $11,000 by person, you're looking at X amount of dollars, right? If you drop that number to 10,500 with the same 3,000 clients, you're losing money. Profit or something else is losing money. It's the easiest thing to be able to track in your business because all you have to do is look at every transaction and divide it out. And whenever that number comes out, look at it again in six months and go, are you positive or are you negative? That's a good starting point to be able to find out what it is. But average dollar is always the first thing I looked at. I ran a veterinarian's hospital. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. So yeah. Now, well, quick story with this and I'll give you exactly why average dollar ticket works the best. When I first started at the hospital, we had two doctors there. We ended with five doctors and 15 technicians and increased from, it was like 1.2 million a year and we increased to 5.8 million. I think is what we ended them before I, I broke off because their core values didn't match mine anymore. The one thing I changed in the hospital was the experience. And what I mean by that is every single client that walked in the door got offered three things, anal glands, pedicure, ear cleanings, and your hair removal, every single client. So our average ticket went from 60 bucks all the way up to 230 by offering those four things. That's right. Physically to every single client or add on sales. And all it takes is two seconds. Hey, Fuffy's in for his appointment. Do you want us to take care of pedicure and a nail clean or ear cleanings or ear hair removal? Here's the price. It's a standard price across the board and all it is profit. And guess what? That's how you built a culture. Yeah. You're so right. Obviously, depending upon the person's history, the person listening right now, like I'm listening to this from a lens, not necessarily of experience, because that's not customer experience is not necessarily my experience, although I value it and I'm like pressing hard into it in the businesses that I have now. I have a sales background. And so everything you're saying makes perfect sense. It's just different language that we use on the quote unquote sales side. It's the average ticket, or in this case, it's a better experience. I can, I even with edible arrangements, the franchises that I started with, the person that comes to me, and then my my who would never spend two hundred dollars on a fruit basket, gets nervous and sells the thirty five dollar no chocolate. It's barely big enough for a person or two. Yeah. To the grandma who wanted to celebrate with her grandson after the championship soccer game, and I could have sold a soccer ball container three times the size. It's got her grandson's number and pineapple numbers on top, a balloon that says congratulations. And she walks away spending $200 and happy about it. That's the key. How do you make people spend money and be happy about it? Make them feel good. 
Everyone and you deliver actually what they want. Thank you. You listen to them. It's called active listening. Yeah. Stop thinking you're better than your clients. They're communicating to you. When they call you and say, hey, I don't like the price, they're actually not telling you that they don't like the money that they're spending. They don't appreciate the value that you're bringing to the table because it's not worth it to them. We did. We started duck cleanings five years ago, and we are the most expensive company by triple on every other platform across the board. Every other company we've ever talked to, heard from, and everything says we are triple the cost of a duck cleaning. We spend 10 minutes on the phone explaining our duck cleaning process in detail, and we mm. sell it every time. Oh. Every time. I don't know another way to do duck cleaning other than the right way, which is slow and steady. And let me tell you something, everyone out here does them fast and horrible. And then we get the phone call because their system goes down or something breaks internally, just get it done the right way. We never bash companies. We never say names. We never care about that kind of stuff. We just right. explain the value of what we do and why. So when yeah. a customer calls you and says, hey, I don't like the price, they're not talking about money. They're talking about you. They're talking about you're not worth it. Yeah. Okay. And that client might not be your client, right? So that might not be your avatar. They might not understand the value of sure. money. Just look sure. at the major of it. But at the same time, yep. those customers, that's not every customer. That's probably about 2% of the clients that physically can't afford you, right. which is fine. Everyone else can't afford you. You're just not They're choosing not to. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And that can hit hard, especially to an entrepreneur who's trying to grow and they're overwhelmed by so many other things already. And then they yes. get rejection really is what you're describing is they're choosing their money over the value that you're supposedly bringing. Yeah. And I think that for customer experience guys, I think we take it, I think we take it, we should take it personally, it, what, but what that does is it drives us to go, okay, how much, what else can I do? What's, how can I stack the offer? How can I bring more value? How can I make it a no brainer? And so slowing down to make them understand or help them understand the process, adding something to it, a service, a, I had a guy, oh shoot, what trade was he in? Totally forget now. It was an out, outdoor construction, almost like exterior remodel, something like this I'm, I'm remembering, but anything that he would do outside, he would, little things like, a, like he would need a fan or a new light. It wouldn't, it's not included in what he does. He would just do it. He does it. It's not one thing. He does it regularly. And he was always looking for those little things, the 100, the $200 things that he could do inside of this exterior remodel that wasn't on the list. It's like he specifically sought out like five, six things that he could find and do yeah. so that then the customer would be like, wow, wait, you did that? So anyway, I just think that that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about stacking the deck on the front end and or even on the back end without even them knowing it which then is going to breed referrals and, and the whole thing afterwards. Absolutely. Value. Okay. I've got a, we're circling up here. We've had, this is such good. We'd probably go for another hour and a half at least with the way that we're talking. But <clears throat> I want to ask you a, a book recommendation that you would give to the listener, a six figures they're trying to grow. What would you say? Yeah. So there's a couple of them. Death by Meeting sitting behind me right now because I'm working my way through that. I'm not a huge book guy. I'm a podcast guy just because I like to listen to people's voice. That's cool. how I process information. If I read it, it's just not how my brain works. I like yep. to hear it, feel it, do it, and, and involve it. And then the next question, the bigger thing, I'm not going to put a book out there because you've got to read all of them. Go put ahead. a podcast out there. That's fine. Podcast, podcast is good. Our, our Dream Home Experts is awesome just for you know, DIY stuff. Obviously, dreamhomeexperts.com. Podcasts are hard too because I don't even search out certain individuals. I listen to everybody. I take information. I don't like to stick to one person because all I'm doing is copying somebody else's regimen of what they do. 
Um, but I like to do is listen to all of them and then put it together myself. Because at the end of the day, everyone has good information. And I never don't take it from there. Death by meeting is actually because I'm teaching somebody inside of my company how to not micromanage and how to not kill. Like you have a meeting, you got to have an agenda, you got to go through these processes. Is it impactful? Those kind of things. So the books that I read are when I get stuck on something so hard that I don't know what I'm doing on, that I'll get into, okay, how do I explain death by meeting? Well, death by meeting is a book. Okay, cool. I'll try it and see what happens. And it made sense. Podcast, dude, I just type in motivational, inspirational speeches. Those are my favorite things to listen to. It doesn't matter who it is. I've listened to Jordan. I've listened to Gordon Ramsay. I, there's so many different yeah. people that inspire me in different ways. I yeah. hate plugging it because I just don't do it. Who I follow yeah. more than anybody is Steve Jobs. When Steve Jobs was around, his explanation of how businesses ran and the simplicity of how a product should work should be life in general. Life yeah. should be filled with simplicities that should not be complicated and hard. This isn't rocket science. You don't think that these big companies came out here and said, Hey, I hired this guy for $10 million and he made me $150 million. And there's right. companies that did that. They hired a big consultant. The consultant came in, it was real complicated and stuff. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the consultant that went in there came up with a simple process to unify the company, to make them push forward in the right direction. Yep. Simplify your processes, yeah. hire the people that you are inefficient in, and then literally push as hard yeah. as you can. So good. It's so good. It's so simple. We're going to have to quote you on that for sure. All right. Last question, Mr. Bear from Mr. Wolf. If you lost it all, what would you do? Oh, start over. <laughs> start over. Steve Jobs lost everything. He lost everything completely. He lost the company he built that he invented, that he came up with, that he hired, that he did everything else. I'd start over. I have lost everything. Had my cell phone turned off when I first moved to Chicago. I had zero negative balance in my account. I had it pulled up to a place that I couldn't even afford. You get there. You need to wake up, uh, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you can do this because you can. You have it in you. You just got to find the motivation to push you. It's funny because we've all been through there. There's so many stories out there and I love KFC didn't get famous until the guy was like 70. Martha Stewart failed miserably her whole life and then became famous and was able to showcase exactly who she is. And now she's hanging out with Snoop Dogg, which is just cool. I mean, Elon Musk, he comes from a high background, but that dude started nothing. Every company starts in a garage. Every company starts with one individual with a passion. Yeah. Find your passion. Push your passion, develop your passion, seed, yeah. water, flower. It grows into a flower. How can you not understand that you wake up in the morning and say, hey, I hear it all the time. You hear the wolves and the bears and the kings, and the, the, what is it, the lions, and I'm a lion, okay? And you show up in a beat-up Hyundai, okay? You're a lion? Okay. So what do you got? What are you a lion about? And maybe that person, and I don't ever judge people because that person could be just starting their lion venture. That person yeah. I really want to push and develop. But if I have a guy that says that they're successful or an entrepreneur, and when I talk about business with them and they are just riding a coattail of somebody else, they're just hanging out for the parties and that kind of stuff. That's not a king. That's not a lion. You don't have a mindset. You have to yeah. wake up every day before everyone else. I come to my office an hour before everyone else so I can have an hour of literal quiet from the world. And that's when I do my most productive work to be able to prepare myself for my team that walks in the door that has whatever going on. 
So every morning, it's an hour before I do, and I want to, I have to check myself to listen to motivational speeches in the morning to make myself feel good. So you need to find the way to find yourself passionate because small business will kick in, it'll kick you, it'll kick you hard and it will continue to kick you. Yep. It won't let you push through. you got to push through it. And yeah, it's, it's relentless. That's for sure. Yeah, so. How can the listener find you, Derek? Multiple ways. DreamHomeExperts.com is our podcast. I'm going to plug them real quick. Awesome bunch of guys talking real business stuff. We have small businesses that come in. You can do it remotely too if you'd like to. Um, Gold Shield Services, obviously, uh, being the main thing in our in my life, um, is uh, www.goldshieldtoday.com. And the saying is, get things done today. We don't wait till tomorrow or next week or anything like that. You can find me on Instagram, Gold Shield Services too. We have a TikTok that we just started and growing up nice. in there as well. I love TikTok. Nice. Super nerdy with me, that kind of stuff. Instagram, Facebook, obviously Gold Shield Services. You can find us and get a hold of us. You can reach us at 847-376-8094. Info at goldshieldtoday.com is our email address. So that's I-N-F-O at goldshieldtoday.com. You can always shoot me an email. Those emails do come to me. So just give me a 24 hour turnaround if it's not about actual business. Cause then I go after hours and jump in there and take care of the personal stuff that needs in there as well. I get it. I get it. You have been sensational really is the word. And so highly recommend for the listener to check out the podcast. You guys are doing it big over there. We're just small potatoes in comparison, but in all seriousness, we appreciate just the value of someone like you, a kingly mindset, as you have already stated, it's a, it's another level for people to be able to aspire to. So you've done your work here today. Good, sir. From one predator to another signing up in all seriousness, blessing and success and all that you're doing, your, your family. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1000 Kings. Talk soon.